Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, cheeseheads, and welcome to the Cheeseman Podcast. This is Brendan, your host for the show. Joining me to look back on that thoroughly enjoyable 3-1 win over the Canning Town Bingo Club. First up, all the way from Vienna, is HG. How you doing, mate? I'm really happy that you called them that. I, it's been a while since I heard that, and I used to say it all the time. Um, I'm doing really well, because Spurs won twice this week. And, you know, spring has started to spring, if that's, if that's what the verb would be. And... Yeah, I, I guess we're, we're sucked back in again, aren't we? Really? Yeah, this is what Spurs do. Like, it's it's always like the hope. Like, so we look. I, I was I swore that we would wouldn't make top four after the United game. I was like, nah, too much. The goons are too far ahead. And now we're sort of we're back in it a little bit. And then there's going to be another setback. We get back into this. Is what Spurs do. It is the hope that kills you. Um, speaking of hope, Seb, welcome back. Uh, the, the the president of the Song Hyun Min fan, fan club. How you doing, mate? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I knew you were going to make me eat my words. I, I, I could as soon as uh, that first one, even the own goal that I thought was Son's goal, I thought Bren's going to have me on that. I was saying that saying that Son Son should uh, sit out for a few weeks. Um, yeah, and it only took you about thirty seconds. So well done. Let's start off as we always do, looking at the lineup. Um, not really much has been changing in in recent weeks with Sessegnon's uh, injury. Uh, so HG, you were fine with the lineup. Yes, because I didn't see any. I mean, I kind of agree with with Seb. I wouldn't have minded for Bergwijn to start. I wouldn't have wanted Lucas starting. But I'd, look, I, I think we all expected the same eleven because we don't really have anyone else. There's been no new injuries, and so yeah, you it, you want to see that eleven. You know, you want to see the performances improve because they have been improving, and you want to see the team gelling a bit more. So I, I wasn't too surprised. No. Yeah. And Seb, how are you feeling post-game, uh, sorry, pre-game even, um, looking at the, in the run-up to the game? Uh, Kane had a new haircut. He sort of had that sort of super cuts, Jamie Vardy style where it looked a bit short. It looked like, mate, you can afford a better haircut than that. It looked okay. It was fine. 
Um, but but you, were you confident going into this game? You noticed some different things to me. I couldn't tell you if Kane had a new haircut or not. I haven't got a clue. Um, to be fair, like, I, I, I noticed the haircut, but I wouldn't have said Vardy. I mean, that just seems like an insult on any level, really, if you compare him to Vardy. But, uh, yeah, no, it, it looks like he meant business. You know, there was less less quiff, right? More like, right, summer's here, let's get down to business type thing. I, I was looking at the football. I had no idea. If, <laughs> I couldn't have told, if he'd have died at ginger, I wouldn't have noticed. Um, so, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I, I actually I was feeling confident before the game on the on the Patreon chat. I nearly kind of posted feeling good, feeling confident. And I thought no, that that that'll be the death of it. So I won't do that. Um, but yeah, it was you know as HG said, there's kind of no need to to be changing the lineup really. You know, I've we've spoke about Bergvine for Son. Son Son's looked tired, but. He started very quickly today, so all good. Yeah, and started off brightly enough. I think that, that West Ham were probably feeling the legs from uh, extra time against Seville on uh, Thursday, so um, they they weren't up to much, and we uh, we did sort of boss it uh, mo- through most of the game. That was the frustrating thing that we let them score, but uh, actually, it didn't take long for us to score, and, and it was good work by Kane down the right hand channel, and uh, it, it looked like Sonny had got it, but then. On closer inspection, we saw that the the cat shagger himself, Kurt Zuma, got the goal. Uh, it was it was it was win win all round. I thought no, it's a great start, and we, we've seen this already in the last couple of months. If Spurs score first, they tend to go on and win, and if we concede, then it's a mighty struggle. So it's yeah, that first goal in any game is crucial. But against West Ham, you know they're tired. You know that they they're not really going to be up for it in the way that they would usually be you know, when they've had two weeks rest because they've not played a game because they've been out of both cups by this point. But uh, yeah, an early goal against anyone helps the team settle, helps the crowd settle um, because, you know, the, the crowd are a massive part of any game at Spurs, but especially in a, in a major one like this. And to, to get an early goal meant everyone, I think, was was focused on the task ahead. Yeah, so Seb, uh, your thoughts on the goal? It was it was, it was was well built up and, and it was good to see Son get into those positions. <laughs> you, you, you're gonna have me on this all night aren't you um no, yeah you're right and also um added to that is is Dayan Kulisevsky who again was fantastic and just offers that different option it's something else to worry about no matter how good Kane and Son are at the end of the day they are just ju- just two players and we've seen particularly with Son you can play him out of the game you know he, you can manage him when you've got Kulusevski backing that up as well, it becomes a lot harder. And I've read, I, I, I've read. I mean, you know my problem with Sky and Sky Sports and and their coverage, and I don't think it's very good. And it said that West Ham had cobbled to, a cobbled together defence. I think it said, and I looked at that and I thought, what's cobbled together about it? That's wasn't it the same um, defence that they played in midweek? Um, it's I don't think they had any other options. It was Johnson and. Um, Dawson and Zuma. Um, no, Cresswell played. Cresswell yeah. was left left wing back, but it was it certainly wasn't cobbled together. I don't. I, I didn't. I, I don't get kind of the the downer. And it, they were all bemoaning that West Ham had gone to a five because of tiredness and all this. I just yeah. thought we, we we looked really positive, and that's exactly what I wanted. And what what I kind of hoped for was start on the front foot. Don't wait for them to tire. Start on the front foot. Um, and uh, and we did that. And I thought Kulusevski in that um, in that opening 
um, 15, 20 minutes. The, the spaces that he picks up are just so difficult to manage for a defender. And that, in turn, as we've spoken about, frees up Kane and Son to do more damage. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm now looking at what West Ham did midweek because I didn't watch their midweek game because I you know, obviously don't really care what they do. But um, yeah, they made two changes, one of which was the goalkeeper. So the only change they made at the out for ten was they took four nails out and they brought Masuaku in. So they did. They went from a back four to to a five system. So it was clearly their choice. They maybe they just wanted to match us up. I can't I can't imagine that four nails was the only player who was so knackered that he couldn't play today. So it, I think it was a clear tactical move from Moyes rather than like yeah obviously they don't have a deep squad and it would affect them but it wasn't cobbled together considering. That, you know, yeah. the other nine outfield players all started against Sevilla midweek. Son was superb today, and uh, so we're not taking anything away from him. But in the eleventh minute, HG, there was that miss at Kulusevski. It was it was it was very similar to to our first goal that was worked down the right, and Kulusevski pulled it back for him. And you would expect Son to do better there. He hit the post, but he really had the whole goal, goal to aim at and, and it, it wasn't, it, it was a pretty poor miss. I'm going to be controversial here. Um, is there some kind of evidence now that with Kane and Kulusevsky being the more creative two, that Sun is kind of turning into our Raheem Sterling, the tap-in merchant, who doesn't do much of the work apart from put the ball in the net? Because that chance that he missed, I mean, it was set on a, <laughs> it was on a platter for him, right? I mean, Kane and Kulusevsky do the little like one-two. Kane put, puts the ball into Kulusevsky's path. We get a bit lucky, but it falls to Kulusevsky. And okay, it's a little bit behind Sun. But Sun had the time to do more than what he did, right? And to hit the outside of the post, it felt like a, it felt like a waste. But I mean, I, I don't mind if Sun becomes the tap-in merchant. That's not a negative. If the other two are creating the chances for him, if we get the ball in front of Sun so he can run at the defenders, then we see Sun at his best. And we saw that more today than we have done in the last three, four, five games. But I just feel that the, the system that we want to play, this intricacy in midfield, we like. Watching Spurs now, you know what Spurs are going to try and do. We understand the triangles we want to play. You see Bentenkur, Heiberg dropping into defence. You see sometimes Romero and Dyer and Davies comfortable going into midfield if they have to create the triangle there. You, we're watching it, and Sun is the one that it doesn't seem to click for him yet. And we, we have to play to his strengths, which means getting the ball in front of him. Um, it happened for, the, for his second goal. Um, well, sorry, his first goal, but I suppose his second goal. And you just thought that if if we can get that, because I feel like we see sometimes that Kulusevski and Doherty manage to make it work. And yet down the left-hand side, Region's not playing that well. Sun's not playing that well. And they haven't really figured out a, a partnership of how they can how they can work that left-hand side. But um, yeah, so like, obviously it is, I, I do mean it as a negative to say that that Son is like Sterling, because know, everyone knows I don't really rate Raheem Sterling. But there is that kind of idea with Son that right now, if he's not scoring, you're getting a three or four out of ten. Like, he's trying really hard, but it's not working. But if we can get him in positions where we can put the ball in the net, then we see the Son that we all remember. I think you've been unbelievably harsh. Really do. And I, I've said he needs to rest. Yeah, yeah. I've said he needs to rest, and and I still think I still think he does. Obviously, he's going to travel. I imagine halfway around the world in the next couple of weeks, and he'll probably need a further rest. Um, and I agree with you that there are ways to make Son look better within the team, um, but I, I I can't fault him. 
and, he, and his effort. I agree that, that it doesn't quite work with Reguilón on that side, but I think that's more to do with Reguilón, who I actually thought was quite poor today. Um, and when when we counterattack, when we're moving those balls through, mainly through Benton Kerr in the middle, and we find Son and Kane in the centre circle, and one of them's breaking, and then you've got Kulusevski wide, there's no one else I'd rather want on the ball than either Son and Kane in that position. Um, so you have to play to his strengths, but then you have to do that with a lot of players. Um, and as a, for instance, with the with the third goal, with Son second, if that was Son or if that was Sterling, I know who I'd want to be striking that ball because what it, it, he made it look easy and it wasn't easy. Um, and he, he made it look easy. I, th- I think you're being very harsh. No, I mean, I mean, you're right. That last goal, I would have wanted Son ahead of Sterling in that position. I just feel that, like, if like, we, we often play the ball to feet, right? We, we we don't see many lofted balls anymore, but we play balls in defeat, and it's either to Kane or to Kulusevski or to Son, and two of them are good at holding the ball up. Kulusevski almost likes the contact, but if you watch the game back, there are times where if Son gets the ball under control first time. Well, that's rare in itself. But if he does manage to do that, the defenders just drop off because they know he's got no intention of actually trying a turn and do anything with it. He'll just play it back to Davies or whoever is behind him. There were, I saw that two or three times in today's game that when Sun finally does get the ball under control, there's, there's no thought at that point to actually turn and run with it. Like, that will happen with time. Like uh, uh, Sun's clearly not a bad player. I just think that... He's not as comfortable in this system as all the others have proven to be because we are improving game in, game out, as far as I'm concerned. E- even though we're losing, you know, we lost at Burnley, we didn't play too well, but the, the Middlesbrough game is thrown in there too. But we played well at United, even though we lost. And I don't think we were bad against Southampton, even though we lost. So it's, it's, it's a question of, I, I do think it's getting better, but I just think for Sun, it's taking longer than it has done with others. can't believe you guys are just slagging off Sonny after today. Of all days, come on! <laughs> I'm not. I'm not knocking him. No, no, hang on, no, I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying he's become that kind of player for us. That if he scores, then great. Like today was great. But if he doesn't, then he becomes a bit of a passenger. I don't think it's that controversial to say it. Really, he um, he set Kane up for a, for a great chance. It could have argued he could have paid it a little bit earlier, but he was waiting for that Kane run and put him in a decent position. If Kane scores that, then it's, it's an, an assist for Son. But we're talking about today, right? That, you're talking about today's yeah. game. I'm said he played well today because he scored. But that's it. Like, you don't see it otherwise. Like, if the, if the confidence is there, great. But if it's not, you see it kind of building up the frustration within him because he knows it's not what he's great at. And he wants to be more involved and he wants to be doing the things that he knows he's good at. But I just feel that, like, today, we managed to work space. And West Ham coming on to us obviously helped, right? Because then we know there's you know there's gaps over the top for him to exploit. But there are occasions when I think, you know what? If, if Sun doesn't, isn't so great at doing that, because I don't think he's that great at doing it, then maybe we can ask Kane to, to move to that side and have Sun be the focal point a bit. And then, then, then you've always got that ball over the top if you need it. If you can't play defeat through midfield, which we were able to do today, but if you can't, then you need some kind of outlet ball over the top. And Kane can't really provide that. So there, there might be occasions where you say to Sun, right, you're going to be the, the man up top and Kane and Kulusevski will kind of you know hold the ball up towards the side of the pitch and, and they're, they're maybe better passes of the ball as well. Like it, it, it's not necessarily a negative on Sun. It's just that with the system that we're playing, it is very much feast or famine with him. 
Well, then the second goal, it was superb pass by Kane. Kane's sort of new role, or not new, he's been doing it for a couple of years now, the sort of quarterback role, where he sort of picks up the ball in those transitional periods and looks around and you, it, it, it excites me. Like that, that's a key part of, of how we play as an attacking unit. And it was so well executed to Son. And again, it looked like he took a bit of a nick off Zuma so he can laugh there. But but it was, just, it was uh, a super. No, he definitely goal. got a nick off of Zuma on the way in. I don't know. I mean, Fabianski didn't really do much apart from pick the ball out of his net. Um, he might well have got to it. But yeah, the, the deflection off Zuma definitely made it more difficult for him. Um, but yeah, what do I care? Like, you know, we got, we got, we got a lovely uh, deflected goal against Brighton that put us 1-0 up. I don't think it happens that that often for Spurs. I feel as if you see other teams get these lucky breaks um, and it's nice to see Spurs get a couple because you, you only get lucky breaks by putting yourself in the position to get them, right? It's not as if the team is scoring an own goal from 30 yards for you. Um, we, we have to be there and, and Sun, yeah. One-on-one against Zuma, you, you expect him to at least get the shot away and he did. I don't expect Sun to find the bottom corner because it's not really who he is, but he'll certainly work the keeper. And usually if he gets close enough, like there was the, actually the game at West Ham, I think it was Mourinho's first game in charge. He did something very similar in that game, managed to work half the yard and spanked it um, left-footed past the keeper. This one got a bit of a deflection on the way, but we, we know Sun can do that. He can go either side. And actually, weirdly enough, I feel like he, sometimes he prefers to go onto his left side. Now, I don't know. I don't know really if he is left-footed, but he does seem to prefer to to shift the ball to his left before striking it. Okay. Seb, what I really enjoyed about that second goal was was Kane. It was that pass. It was again that inch perfect pass, like golf. I don't play golf, but I assume it's like that where you hit it and just the weight of it, everything's right. And are you worried that that with Kane playing this more sort of withdrawn role, that that we're we're missing out on the other parts of his game? We're not missing anything by him doing it. Look at the chances he had today. Yeah, he had plenty of chances. He gets it, 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 that's why he's so good at that position because he's not static. He's not playing one position. He's not lost his legs. Um, you know, like maybe like a Rooney from f- uh, five six years ago, where you know he slowly started dropping further and further back. Um, he's not playing defensive midfield. He's able to play two positions at the same time. That's what makes him so unique, and that's what makes him so hard to play against. And as I said, he got into three or four very good positions. They Hoybier played him through. Um, I think he thought he was offside and kind of snatched at the ball a little bit. Any other day that that goes in and he had one right at the end. And, um, you know, those are just two that have come come to me straight away that were, were very, very good chances. I, I imagine the XG on those was quite high uh, and I'm sure there, there, there were more. And and he's come away with assists as well. So he, he, he's do, he can do everything. I was just gutted because a stat came up saying he's never scored in five successive Premier League games, which I found incredible. Um, and today would have been the day. And, and again, he didn't do it. But, um, you know, streaks are there to be broken. Hopefully he'll uh, he'll, he'll do it again. And do it before the end of the season. Absolutely. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. He, I think Sky said as well, he's the leading scorer in the Premier League since the turn of the year. So this is someone that's kind of been, oh, is he in form? Is he out of form? Uh, you know, he's bang in form he, and he looks, he looks happy. He looks like he's really enjoying playing. looks like he understands what's being asked of him and, and, and what's being asked of the team. And, and he is a focal point. You know, I think that what did uh, Conte say? He's a, he's a reference point, I think is, is, is Conte's terminology. And you can see that, you know, and he's able to kind of transcend across the two positions and, and does it very well. 
it's funny you talk about enjoying his football, right? Because it's clear that Kane is. But the German commentator I had today, I hate him. But he kept on using the phrase, the German word Spielfreude, for how the how, how Spurs were playing. That it felt as if it they they were just playing, you know, for fun. Like there didn't seem to be too much stress involved. We were comfortable on the ball, no matter where we were. Like there was one moment, I think in the must have been in the second half. And Romero and Doherty were by their own corner flag yeah. and somehow works the ball clear. Like Spurs, I mean, Spurs for most of my life w- would have hoofed it at the first opportunity, you know, if in doubt, all that business. Well, we don't ever feel as if we're in doubt. We know we can work the ball out. And that w- w- when you know that, then the enjoyment of playing football is clearly there. So even when we're playing, I mean, today was a big game as well. Like it wasn't as if it was, you know, end of season, everyone's on the beach, jolly. It was a massively important game for us to get where we want to be. We had to win. And I feel as if that the whole team, they did. They, they, they now play with this joy of, we know what we want to do. We know that it works and we're getting better at it. And I, I think that will just come through in every game between now and the end of the season. There's a, there's a key man in that. I know you mentioned, I remember specifically the, 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 the moment in the match that you're talking about with Romero and Doherty. But we, we've got to mention, I don't know if you were going to come on to this later, Brent, but we've got to mention Benton Kerr because his positional sense in is unbelievable in terms of, he just adds a structure to the team and a confidence in being able to play those balls from the back because he positions himself to be always available. The amount of times that either Romero or, as you say, Doherty um, won the ball and he's the next ball. He is becoming that Dembele kind of key in the middle, if you like. Now, he's not as good. He, you know, he doesn't beat, beat as many men as Dembele, but he transitions the ball. We are look like we're in a bit of trouble. Um, you know, we're struggling, not necessarily struggling, but we're, we're, we've got it at the back and we find Bentoncourt and he advances the ball forward. And, you know, I, you know, I don't want to knock anyone tonight, but if you compare that to Harry Winks, the upgrade is is unbelievable, and there is now developing a new spine to our team. You know, obviously Hugo's our captain. Dyer is fantastic. Romero next to him is is is, is fantastic, and Benton Kerr links that play with Kulusevski, Son, and Kane, uh, and it, it's great. You know, there there is real promise and real progress. You know, I said Benton Kerr is the best central midfielder we've had since Dembele, and I, I truly believe that. Yeah, like Brennan and I were talking before we before we came on air, and I mentioned that like Dembele, I, I can't. He's a unicorn, right? I can't imagine Spurs ever really replacing him. Yet, if you combined Bentenkurt and Hoiberg together, you get something similar. This idea that on the ball he's imperious—that's the Bentenkurt thing. But when he got involved, when he really was, when Dembele was. When he wanted to be the best player on the pitch, which sadly wasn't every week, but when he really wanted to do it, Hoiberg and Bentecourt together come close to what Dembele was because Hoiberg has that grit. He has the desire that is usually there. And Hoiberg's performances have improved as well, probably knowing that he's got Bentecourt next to him. Like when Seb's right, when he talks about the spine of the team, we now have a central midfield partnership that none of us really want to see broken up before the end of the season. We're playing well. Yeah, if Skip comes back, great. It's not. It's good to have a great option because he's a, he's a better option than Winks. But there is this idea that, you know, the 11 that started today, like if Sissignon doesn't come back from injury before the end of the season, that's the 11 we're probably going to see every game. Mm-hmm. 
Right? I mean, and, and they're playing 85, 86 minutes together every game. It's not as if that, uh, that Conti is looking to make changes. You might see Emerson in a bigger game because maybe we have to defend more. But even then, I think that Conti's decided that, no, it works really well. Like Doherty, be, Doherty being comfortable where he needs to be enables Romero to, to kind of be the man down that side, which is what he wants to be. And you, the, the players aren't getting in each other's way. And I feel like before we, we, we saw a little bit of that because there was so much um, like insecurity about what they needed to be doing and where they needed to be standing. Whereas now it does feel like we've got, you know, round pegs in round holes. And that's great. And, and to have the center, you know, the center part of the pitch, the spine of the team looking that good, and we're all thinking, you know, where, we, where can we get better is down the wings. Yeah, that, that's a massive improvement on where we were. It's, it's, and it's, it's taken two, two signings to do it, really. I mean, Romero, but because Romero was injured for the first, you know, three months of his first time, pretty much, we've seen since Romero came back and since the other players joined, it's it's unsurprising that Spurs Spurs's performances have got a lot better um, since since they were in the side. Yeah, well, it wasn't all plain sailing. Uh, we did let West Ham in, which was the frustrating thing because up until that point, and pretty much after that point as well, they didn't really have a sniff. And uh, we, we can look at, at Doherty. I, I was actually was watching the game on my phone on the beach. Uh, so I'd, uh, I was about to tweet that the, the, our second goal went in off Zuma and make a shit cat joke. And then when I went back, it was 2-1. I was like, hang on a sec. How on earth did that happen? And I, I watched the goal back and Son did lose, like uh, Son did let his man go. Again, we know that West Ham are dangerous at set pieces and, and we're not great at defending them. And, and we knew that that would be where they would get their joy. Yeah, we, it, it was a shame because we were in complete control. Um, and obviously, you know, I think it was what, five, ten minutes before half time. It, it gives them a it gives them a sniff. And yeah, it, look, we we seem we do seem to have a problem at, with set pieces at the moment, or more to the point, crosses. Uh, you know, it's not just it's not just set pieces. Um, the the big the biggest mistake for me was that Son was was on Dawson initially. If you look at you look at it back, there's two players. I don't know who the who the the other chap was and. Uh, against two West Ham players and Son is on Dawson, loses Dawson and then is left wanting as he tries to make his way across to, to Ben Rama after Dawson gets the flick on. So it was, it, it, it wasn't good. Um, I wonder, and it, you know, we can only, we can only guess at these things, whether there is so much work going on in the training ground in terms of shape and movement, which is obviously reaping rewards. And, uh, and you can see, you know, that some of the movement that we have, both on and on and off the ball is fantastic. Whether the set pieces are being maybe left, you know, forgotten about a little bit because we—it's one thing that's been noticeable since actually since Conte came in. Um, we are struggling with that. Um, you do kind of brick it every time we we have a, a corner. There was an incident actually in the second. Oh, sorry, every time the opposition has a corner, there was an incident in the second half where. Um, West Ham threatened and they, they won another corner and the ball bounced around before Hugo finally um, you know, got himself on it and Hoybier celebrated like it was a goal. Hoybier was right in front of Hugo and was like, yes, yes. It was like when the rugby players celebrate like winning a, I don't understand rugby. A line out. You know, like we've, it's a match saving or, you know, match winning moment and I kind of look at it, I don't understand what's, what's going on but Hoybier was, was, was like that. It was like, yes, we've, we've kind of 
got away with it, if you like. You know, they're obviously all a bit jittery. Um, so it's, that's definitely something to be worked on going forward. The second half came along and, and I think West Ham, they, they had maybe a 10 or 15 minute period where they were making their subs. They took Antonio off, which was a surprise, brought on Yarmolenko. And I was thinking, like, he's, he's going to score for, for, for Ukraine. Obviously, he's going to do it. Um, but but there was there was a bit of bit of concern in that first half, uh, sorry, second half, the beginning of that second half, that West Ham might try and push it, wasn't there? I'm very very grateful to David Moyes for taking Antonio off, because after that they had nothing. Antonio had just missed a pretty good chance before he went off. And, you know, West Ham are getting back into the game and you know, Spurs were kind of allowing it because that seems to be what we, we, we don't mind people doing that. But when Antonio went off, I mean, Yamalenko's a decent player, but he's not a striker. Like, if it was Bowen, you'd be worried. But outside of that, I cited, are they trying to be like in Barcelona with the false nine nonsense to, to keep the ball away from us? And they couldn't even do that. So that, that really helped us because, you know, I feel like in the last half an hour, it was more about when will Spurs get the third rather than when will West Ham equalise. Like there's a certain nervousness being a Spurs fan because we've seen it many times before. But when you look at the, the way the game was going, it really was a question of when will we get our third? Kane missed a sitter, should have scored. Um, and so for us to do it as late as we did, well, again, typical Spurs. But I feel like the second half itself, once Antonio went off, the, the game kind of lost a little bit of luster. Um, it was never really the blood and thunder derby that we might have expected anyway. But, uh, you know, Antonio likes to bully people and Spurs historically have struggled. So I did feel, for me at least, that that, that was a key moment in the second half. Antonio likes to bully people, but we bullied him today, I felt. He had that chance, as you say, just before he went off, but Romero and Dyer were in on him every single time. He did not get a kick and he was getting frustrated. Um, I think we deal um, with a lone striker. We'll forget about Ronaldo, um, but we, we deal with a lone striker quite well. I think Romero relishes it and he relished it to, today against you know a strong player, physically strong Antonio. He he wanted to win that battle, Romero, and that, that's what I like to see. He was going in on him every time, with, with without without fail. Um, I don't think he got a kick, Antonio. I can understand why he came off, but luckily for us, as you say, they didn't really have anyone to to kind of come on and do a similar job. There was that moment with with Regulon in the second half where I think Kane played him in, and it was a great chance. You're like, come on! I, I, I thought maybe it was Sunny, but it, it was it was Regulon. And again, he just went down far too easily and was threw his arms in the air. And, and there's things, there's moments like that where you think, well, look, if Real Madrid want to give us 40 million, maybe we can invest that elsewhere in the squad. Like, do we need, we, we, we know we need to upgrade our wing backs and he could be one of those that, that's upgraded. 100%. I, I, I like, I, I like Reguillon. I think he's got potential. Um, I, I, think that in the games at Sessignon, when he got a, a run, he showed that perhaps he, he is a little bit better than Reggie, certainly with the um, attacking play. Yeah, I don't like it. He rolls around. Um, he's um, uh, There was an incident as well, I think, when, when he, he, he ran over, someone kicked a ball at Son. Was it Zuma? It was accidental. Reggie ran over, put his hands up, and you kind of, what are you doing? Uh, he's always looking for the they say like the competitive edge, but it's not, it's kind of cheating uh, and it doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me. It's definitely, we see it in the Latin players, you know, we've seen it with Lacelso, seen it with Lamella. Um, Romero is another one where maybe where, you know, they're looking to 
uh, yeah, is cheating at the end of the day, you know, diving around, looking for penalties, you know, complaining about getting hit in the face and similar things. And we can all see it hasn't happened. Um, I, I don't like it. Uh, I don't know how you cut it out, to be honest. I'm sure managers have said, don't do it. But once it's in there, once they've been doing it for a few years, I guess it's hard to iron out. And again, we don't really know what he's like off the pitch, but you get the impression that he's probably not like that. So there is this kind of, you know, he crosses over the line and becomes a bit, you know, he's not the biggest player, right? I mean, he's, what, maybe 5'9", five, 5'10", five, tops, um, but he's quite slight as well. So I feel like maybe he feels that he has to be a little bit, you know, like the, the, the terrier that, that doesn't, you know, there's, what, what, what's the phrase? You can tell the, um, but, but he's a little bit like that, isn't he? Um, Reggie on that he, he he looks for fights that aren't there he looks for fouls that aren't there sometimes you're just like no you're a decent footballer trust yourself a bit more right. you don't need to be looking for things um, because the referees seem to have figured out that he looks for things we'll set back to the game uh, our final goal it kind of settled things like I, I, it was weird because a, a 2-1 scoreline is is a dangerous one it's, it, there's always the risk especially with West Ham with their set pieces and knowing how susceptible we are to conceding from set pieces, but um, that third goal, it, it came. Uh, Hugo had had a clearance, and 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 Kane knocked it on. And and Son, when he's in that position, he timed his one run well, stayed on side, and dispatched it perfectly. It was it was quite route one from us, but uh, it was it just settled things down. And when that went in, you're like, right, those worries about the two one scoreline were gone, and. We knew we'd get the three points. Yeah, it, I don't. I think you're doing a little bit of a disservice to Hugo because that that was obviously intentional. Um, and uh, I think um, Dawson and Zuma both got drawn to the same ball with Kane, which which left Son free, timed his run uh, against the the um, the left sided fullback, and uh, and was through. And like you say, full confidence that that, that he's going to bury it in that situation. And and as I said earlier, harder than it looked, but it was is exactly what we needed. Look. We, we know what's happened uh, the last time we played West Ham at home in the league. Um, and it just kind of meant that we could relax into those final few minutes. You know, the, I, what I was impressed with in the second half was I did think I think West Ham had, had a bit longer. You said about 10 minutes. I thought it was a bit longer than that. But they were starting to put a pre- bit of pressure on. And yeah, obviously it changed once Antonio went off. But what I liked was um, around 60, 65 minutes, we got control. We didn't change personnel. We didn't have to, we didn't kind of move um, formations or anything like that. We kind of sorted ourselves out, if you like. We kind of, yeah, it, it was a battle. You're going to have 15, 20 minutes maybe in a game. West Ham, look, I don't like saying it, but they're a good team. They've got good players. But actually today, if you look at it, Declan Rice, didn't really see much of him. You know, he, he, I thought he was, he was decent in defence. We didn't create anything going forward. We snuffed them out. You know, for all that... Um, if you want to call it pressure that they that they applied early in that second half, Larice didn't really have to do much. Antonio had their, had their best chance. You know, could, should have done something perhaps a bit better there. But actually, we stood up. We stood strong. Um, and as I said, Benton I thought was was essential in that. Um, but Romero, Dyer, Davis, absolutely superb. Um, and and we even when we were under pressure, we were still offering. Um, Chances either on the break or or holding the ball up well with Kulisevsky. Um but yeah, that third goal kind of obviously really killed it off and uh, just meant we could all kind of breathe a huge sigh of relief. And and I think the crowd loved it. You know, those last five minutes, it sounded to me at at, at, 
I want to say White Hart Lane was, it sounded, you know, like a party atmosphere, which was great to hear. I think it was the only shot on target they had was their goal. I don't remember Hugo making a save outside of that. I mean, he said he came for a few crosses, but you know, outside of their goal, they, they didn't really get a, a chance. And yeah, the, the defence and as you said, the defence and midfield have worked wonders to, to create that, make, allow that to happen. Well, HG, big, bigger picture now. While we go into the international break, it it looks a lot rosier for us top four wise. We're still three points behind Arsenal. They've still got that game in hand. Goal difference, we're quite similar to them. I think they're, they're maybe two ahead. Um, you, you mentioned before recording that you uh, you ran a few numbers. You did a bit of nerdy sort of Cambridge analytical style <laughs> uh, number crunching. So run us through, like, are we going to get top four? What, what, how are you feeling? Um, I, I should make clear to everyone that I am not funded by the Russians. However, um, yeah, so look, when it comes to the top four race, if we just take Spurs and Arsenal, Spurs, I mean, Arsenal's game in hand or the game they haven't played yet that they should have done is Chelsea away. Right, so maybe that's maybe that gives us a, some cause for optimism. But the next game that Spurs have is obviously the Sunday night game, April third against Newcastle. Um, but Arsenal don't play until the Monday night. So actually, if we beat Newcastle by two, we will go fourth, which is pretty nice to be able to say. And, and it will put a bit of pressure on Arsenal as well. And Palace is not the easiest place to go right now. Man City went there last week and couldn't win. Um, obviously, Palace got, got a great result today. In the cup semi final, was it three or four nil that they beat Everton by? It was a, a bit four of a nil. cakewalk, four nil, yeah. So um, that 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 certainly works in our favour. When you, when you look at the rest of the games, you know Arsenal's away games are not easy. They have to come to Spurs. They have to come to I'm sorry. They have to go to um, uh, to Chelsea. They have to go to West Ham. So they've got three massive London derbies. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely possible. I mean, obviously, it, it's still not likely. Um, you still have to kind of think about Man United because Man United have got to play Arsenal as well. But um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, our, once the international break is done, I mean, we are in the final six, seven weeks of the season and it's it's squeaky bum time. You know, every game suddenly counts just that little bit more. But uh, I think it's nice that you know, Spurs, in theory, we could be fourth by the time Arsenal play again. And we all want to be there. We need to be there. So let's put Arsenal under some pressure. And I think it's it's ironic that it feels as if, to me at least, that you know all those you know, five, six, seven years ago when we were trying to get fourth and Arsenal were always pipping us and we just couldn't get over the line, suddenly it's Arsenal with the somewhat young, inexperienced side that have a bit of a lead and, you know, are we suddenly Arsenal? Are we going to come up with all the experienced players and the experienced manager and turn around and do them over on the last day of the season. That would be lovely. The idea that suddenly, you know, we put one over them and Arsenal are the ones that are scrambling to try and get into the Champions League and we're the ones that turn around and say, no, not today. Um, because it's, it's, it's definitely possible. I've done a little bit more um, looking at it, Bren, in terms of the fixtures. And because one of the things that always sticks out with me was when we were, you know, in that title race and, even though it was kind of billed by Sky and everyone else as, as the title race, us and Leicester going into the end of the season, it never kind of really felt like it for me because we were always played our fixtures after them. So they always had the opportunity to go seven or 10 points clear and it put us under huge pressure to kind of win that game and close the gap back up to what it was before the weekend started. Well, as HG said, we're playing Newcastle before 
Arsenal have, well, as I agree, a tricky game away at Palace. However, then it switches round. Arsenal play Brighton at home the week after before we play Villa in the evening on the Saturday, 5.30 kickoff. But then the following week, it switches around again. Arsenal are away to Southampton. We're at home to Brighton uh, first. We're at home to Brighton on the lunchtime kickoff. Then Arsenal, after going away to Southampton, that's when they play their game in hand away at Chelsea. And then three days later, they're at home to United. But actually, um, yeah, we've got a game in the evening away at Brentford. So by that point, 23rd of April it really starts to open up, I think. That week for Arsenal, away at Southampton, away at Chelsea, home to United, I think is a massive week for them. Um, and we don't know yet when the when the game, when game our game against them is going to be rearranged to. The other thing I've noticed is the game that is obviously our trickiest game in the running is Liverpool away on the 7th of May. However, that may be rescheduled, but Liverpool are due to play, if they get through, a European Cup semi-final three days before. So who knows what impact that has? Yeah, it was all to play for. Like I think after United, I think I said on the pod that I didn't think we'd get top four. And I think I'm, I'm happy with that. I'd rather be pleasantly surprised by my team than constantly disappointed by them. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll stick by. I still think we may miss out. I still think Arsenal have a bit too much for us. But uh, look, I'd love to be proved wrong. I am proved wrong all the time. I'd love for Tottenham to prove me wrong this time. Uh, guys, before my internet cuts out again, uh, Seb, will tell me about what's happening with football prizes. What's the latest prize that our listeners can get from footballprizes.co.uk? So football prizes this week, uh, they've got a superb prize up. I haven't seen many of these about, actually. It's the uh, signed and framed Pierre-Emil Hoybier shirt. Tickets, uh, there's 99 available for the draw. Uh, ticket cost is three ninety five on this one, so even a bit cheaper than normal. I'm looking live now. There's 49 tickets sold, so 50 still left. The competition ends on Tuesday, 7.30pm UK time. Um, and the draw, all the Spurs prizes now, uh, all the draws take place on Wednesday. I'm also looking, they are offering um, the opportunity. You, you, there's many options, but you can... Um, have the chance to win tickets, hospitality tickets for Tottenham against Burnley, which is the last home game of the season. It's currently scheduled for the 15th of May. Um, tickets, again, 99 for that. And the ticket cost on that is 6.45. You need to be quick on that. They're, again, that closes on Tuesday and 78 of the 99 tickets have already sold. Don't forget, you can use our discount code POD10, that's P-O-D-10, for 10% discount on all your tickets. And if you are Patreon, and I know Brendan to discuss more about Patreon, you do get extra discounts, so well worth signing up for. Brilliant. And HG, what's happening YouTube-wise this week? I'm sure there'll be something coming out tomorrow. Yeah, so um, this week is a normal week. So the Monday night pod uh, yeah, YouTube channel thing will be same time, 9pm UK time. Um, I don't think I'm on tomorrow night because I've been on this. So you, people won't want to hear me twice. So it'll be John and Caller and a couple of others um, talking about the, the West Ham game. And then obviously this Friday, the 25th, um, there will be another one. Again, we'll probably be talking about the rest of the season a little bit. Um, maybe a little bit on internationals, but mostly to do with Spurs players. Um, obviously with two weeks off, uh, we, we might have a quiz or something else, but there'll be... You know, we're going to keep doing the YouTubes every Monday and every Friday over the next couple of weeks. So make sure you check that out, subscribe to the channel and, 
and support us in that way, we'd be extremely grateful if you could do that for us. Yeah, it's always good fun, the YouTube. So we've got two things. We've got the pod, you have got the YouTube. And as Seb mentioned, you can become a patron, which is a great way to support the podcast. If you enjoy listening to our ramblings, uh, then please do consider becoming a patron. It gives you backstage pass to uh, the, the patron and match day chats. We have a, the Slack chats where we talk about uh, everything that's happening Tottenham-wise. And also, of course, there's extra content for you and merch, which has gone out. So we've got mugs and T-shirts going out to all you patrons. And so do consider joining us. It's for the cost of a pint uh, uh, for the month. And uh, as you said, it's uh, a great way to, to support us uh, doing what we do. I'm going to call it quits before my internet explodes. So, Seb, thank you for putting up with the third world internet. uh, And thanks a lot, mate. (laughs) No problem. I've enjoyed it despite the uh, technical glitches. It's been great. I know. We've had to do this twice. Hey, G, thank you for sticking around for a couple of hours whilst we do this twice. No, no, I said that we're talking, I'm talking with my mates about Spurs. There there were worse ways to spend a Sunday night and, uh, and Spurs won. I mean, had we lost, I'd be cursing you to kingdom come, Brendan. But we won, so um, yeah, it was great to be on the pod again. Cool. I'm going to call it quits there, as ever. Come on, you Spurs. Shall I say come on, you Spurs, yet? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Come on, you Spurs. (laughs) (laughs) Just say come on, you Spurs. Let's try and end this, please. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.